Hey guys, and welcome to Happy Hour with Ashley. Who doesn't love a good happy hour? I'm coming at you real and unfiltered to talk about self-care, mental health, and everything in between. This podcast is designed to encourage, educate, and uplift each and every person that listens. I'm coming from both a clinical and a personal point of view to discuss various matters dealing with mental health, self-esteem, self-care, and everything in between, things that happen in life. Happy Hour is here to let each listener know that no matter what you may be going through, you can turn your obstacles into triumphs. So go ahead and like, share, subscribe, write a review, do all those great things, but just make sure you listen. All right. Hey, 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 happy Friday, happy hour listeners. Um, I just want to start off and say, hey, I honestly love all of you guys, even though I don't even know a lot of you. I love you just for tuning in, for being true to yourself, and for trying to be a better you than you were yesterday or last month or last year. So just thank you. Um, I am literally like two days away from my one year with happy hour, so Thank you guys that have been here from the beginning of the start, and just thank you for going on this journey with me. Um, So today, I'm just going to talk, you know, we've been doing mental health the last couple episodes, and um, today I kind of want to end it with uh, the stigma of mental health, but especially in the African-American community. So yeah, Um, one in four people will struggle with a mental illness at some point during their lives. In the African-American community, mental health issues are often compounded by the psychological stress of systemic racism. As a result, African-American adults are 20% more likely to report serious psychological distress than others. What's more, seeking mental health care is stigmatized within many Black communities, and just one in three African-Americans who struggle with mental health issues will ever receive appropriate treatment. So when you think about it, or at least when I think about it, And I'm sure a lot of you guys will relate, but growing up, you might have heard like what goes on in this house stays in this house. Um, You know, our business is our business, you know, pray about it, just get over it, things like that. So in that instance, you're going to assume that you don't need to go tell people your business or that you don't need to talk about it or however you're feeling, you know, doesn't need to be expressed. You can just, you know, let it go and it'll go away on its own. But that's not how it works. And especially for men, and especially African-American men, it's even more driven for them not to want to seek help and to not even talk about their problems or discuss anything that's going on because they're supposed to be so strong and never show emotion and never be sad. Like, they're supposed to be the backbone. But men, it is okay to cry. It is okay to be sad, to not understand things. It's okay to go seek help. So when you have to think about, you know, the stigma of mental health in in the African-American community, you have to understand the barriers to mental health in that community. So in African-American communities, reluctance to seek both physical and mental health care can often be, you know, just a general distrust of medical establishments. So not trusting the doctors, not trusting a therapist, not trusting, you know, the medications, anything like that. Um, 
the distrust isn't just out of anywhere though if you look at it if you look at the history and the statistics african americans have been misdiagnosed at higher rates than other patients and black communities have been exploited by the u.s government and medical community in the name of medical advancement so when you think about that seeking mental health care is often sometimes viewed as a weakness um, when you think about that as a black man, when you think about that as a man, period, you think about that when you were in the military, especially for me, um, that's looked at as a weakness. So you don't go say, hey, I'm down or I'm sad or I'm thinking about killing myself or I'm hearing voices or I'm seeing things because you don't want to be viewed as weak. So you have to think about when um, you think about how that stigma arrives in the African-American community, you might think about the systemic oppression and racism that a lot of the African-American community has faced. So with that, they don't want to be seen as weak and seen as having additional problems. So just, you know, that's some of the reasons that there are some stigmas there. Um, you know, I think it's important to destigmatize mental health, whether it's in the African-American community or any type of community, because there are other cultural aspects. Um, I know when I was going through school, a big cultural uh, thing that I learned was a lot of Asian in the Asian community, a lot of them won't seek help either. And if they do, they won't, you know, I, they won't look you in the eye when they talk to you, things like that. So there's other stigmatized um, communities out there. I'm not just saying that the African-American community is the highest with mental health stigma. I'm just, it's Black History Month, and I'm just, you know, this is what I felt like discussing today, and I, I want you to learn something from it. So um, we have to start working on destigmatizing that um, that thought with mental health care in every community that there is. It's, it's very important that we, you know, talk about it. We help people overcome mental illness. We, we ensure people leave live successful lives we just have to shift the way we portray mental illness whether that be in tv movies social media anything as a whole we have to you know increase awareness and all of those things all of those things are important when you think about there being a stigma of mental health in any type of community so mental health conditions, they don't discriminate. Um, they don't discriminate based on race, color, gender, identity, anything like that. Anyone can experience challenges of mental illness regarding their background. But sometimes the experiences or how you understand and cope with the conditions can be different. Um, like I said, everybody can develop mental health problems, whether it be depression, anxiety, PTSD, um, schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, uh, any of those type of diagnoses. Um, but Sometimes there are um, more severe forms of mental health conditions due to unmet needs and other barriers. So you have to think about there's a lack of information and misunderstanding about mental health um, in every community, but especially in the African-American community. Many people misunderstand what a mental health condition is and don't want to talk about it. The lack of knowledge leads many people to believe that mental health is a personal weakness or you just have to pray about it and it'll go away. Like I've heard that all the time. Uh, some people may be reluctant to discuss mental health and seek treatment because they don't want to be shamed or stigmatized that comes with those mental health disorders. Many African-Americans also have trouble recognizing the signs and symptoms of mental health conditions. So that leads to the underestimating the effects and impact of mental health conditions. So sometimes when you're depressed, you might just think, oh, I'm just down or I have the blues or I'll snap out of it. And due to the lack of information about mental health issues, it's not always clear where you can find help when you need it. So 
you know, another thing that will an issue to consider is, um, and again, it can be in every community, but in the African-American community, family, community, and spiritual beliefs are great sources of strength and support. So a lot of African-American people rely on faith, family, and social communities for emotional support rather than turning to healthcare professionals, even though medical or therapeutic treatment may be necessary. Faith and spirituality can help in the recovery process, but should not be the only option you pursue. And guys, I did an episode about this in season one called You Can Have a Therapist and Jesus Too, because I'm a Christian. I go to church. I believe in God. I believe that he can. he's the healer. He can do all things. But you also have to understand that um, more serious diagnoses like schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, uh I don't know why those are the two that just keep popping up, but those things, um, that's a chemical imbalance in your brain. So it's not like I just got this from somebody or I picked it up off the ground. Like I was born with this. It's, you know, some chances, chances it could be, um, not passed down, but you know, if you're at a higher rate of it, if you have family members with it, so things like that, you have to think about, yes, you can continue to pray and ask God to help you through it, but you also need a therapist. Sometimes you might need that medication management so that you can lead lead healthy, successful lives. So although spirituality is a very important part of some people's lives, spiritual practices, um, can be a strong part of your treatment plan, but they can't just be your only treatment plan. So you have to be aware that sometimes um, some spiritual communities and faith can be a source of distress and stigma if they're misinformed about mental health and don't know how to support families dealing with these conditions. So you can rely on your family, your community, or your faith, but you also should seek professional help. Another thing about it is um, an issue is reluctance and inability to access mental health services. Approximately 30% of African-American adults with mental illness receive treatment each year compared to the average of 43% for the U.S. So there's, like we said, distrust and misdiagnosis. Historically, African-Americans have been and continue to receive negative, be negatively affected by prejudice and discrimination in the healthcare system. Misdiagnosis, inadequate treatment, and lack of cultural competence by health professionals cause some distrust. You also have to think about socioeconomic factors that play a part, and they can make treatment options less available. Um, According to statistics in 2017, 11% of African Americans had no form of health insurance. So there are places that do provide free care, but sometimes you might not get in for a while. Sometimes it's a lot of issues around that. So if you want to get an appointment immediately or be seen or even be hospitalized in some cases, if somebody doesn't take you on as charity. So I used to work at an inpatient facility in the assessments department, and we would get people that come off the street and don't have any type of insurance, including Medicare. Um, And so in those instances, we would reach out because some hospitals had like a charity program where basically they would cover them and they could stay at the hospital. But you, you think about that you needed some help and you don't have insurance you don't have any money to pay that note that bill you're you're not going to want to go so whether you have a conscience or unconscious bias you got to think about um the lack of cultural competence that there is so with doing that i would say you know try to find the right provider you know you know when you if you do go in to see somebody ask them what they're what they're viewpoint is ask them what they believe about 
um, life and their norms and their values and, and how they experience things. Ask them what they understand about what you're trying to seek therapy for so that you can better recognize and understand what what if they're what you're going to need and if they can and if they can help you with what you need. So those are some different things. I mean, even it comes down to the, the question of if you want to ask your provider this, your, your therapist this, if you know, have you ever treated other African-Americans? Have you received any training in cultural competence or on African-American mental health? How do you see our cultural backgrounds influencing our communication and my treatment? How do you plan to integrate my beliefs and practices in my treatment? So those are questions you can ask, or you can always feel free to go to, you know, a specific looking for a black female therapist or a black male therapist. That is entirely up to you, but you can ask those questions as well so that you, you know, won't limit yourself to just that, you know? So when we, when we think about challenging mental health stigma in the black community, you have to understand that it is important to destigmatize and break this these thought patterns and things like that in the black community there's a negative stigma surrounding mental health so we don't always seek the professional help that we may need um especially like those those smaller i don't want to call them smaller because everything is you know different to everybody but things like depression and anxiety um instead of going to see somebody we might uh, decide to self-medicate using drugs or alcohol or isolation or aggression or any things like that and attempt to resolve the problems on your own. So in that case, we're masking the pain and we're not, you know, releasing it. We're holding on to it. So I can even say for myself that, you know, like it's hard. And, and I go back to the to the black men or men in general, like they're taught to be strong. They're taught not to cry. They're taught to deal with their problems on their own. So that only enforces the idea that it's not okay to say, Hey, I'm hurting. I'm not in a good mood. I need help. You know, I know a lot of men who don't acknowledge or vocalize any of their pains. So you have to think about that. And so when people begin to be open and talk more about mental health challenges, there are more, there's more knowledge about it. That's why I'm doing this episode. That's why I did an episode kind of similar to this, but it was focused on mental health in the black uh, community. So talking about why men sometimes don't seek help and things like that. So just opening up the discussion more and, and making it more responsive, making it more real. Cause if we don't talk about it, if we keep sweeping things under the rugs, it'll continue to be stigmatized. So just talk about it. Talk about it more. You know, if more people with mental health diagnoses discussed it, if more people will, um, would be open and honest about it, and then other people who may be dealing with the same type of issues would feel more comfortable. So that's another way we can destigmatize. So overcoming the stigma of mental illness. Um, and I don't think I told you at the beginning, but a stigma is when someone views you or something in a negative way because of a distinguishing characteristic or trait that's thought to be or actually is a disadvantage. So that's a narrow stereotype. So unfortunately, negative attitudes and beliefs toward people who have a mental condition are common. And with that, when you think about stigmas, that can lead to discrimination. Discrimination can be obvious and direct. So that's maybe somebody saying something negative to you about your mental illness or yourself, or there are times when it's unintentional or subtle, such as someone avoiding you because they assume that you're unstable, you're violent, you're all over the place. And sometimes we judge ourselves. Sometimes we as ourselves, as individuals, we judge ourselves. I can be the first to admit, I'm an open book. I talk about 
the things I've been through a lot and it doesn't bother me. But there was one time when my doctor, when I went to a doctor and she put me on some medicine and I didn't want to be on that medicine. And I was like, I'm not crazy. And I was already a mental health provider at that point. So here I am trying to break the stigma and I was stigmatizing medication. So I had to look at myself and change that around. So you have to think about that. Sometimes we are stigmatizing our own selves. And the effects of stigma can be harmful, you know? Again, we talk about that reluctance to see, seek help or treatment. The lack of understanding by your, your people, your family, your friends, your coworkers, anything like that. Sometimes you might have fewer opportunities for work or school, social activities, anything like that. If you can be bullied or physical violence or harassment, sometimes there's health insurance that doesn't adequately cover your mental illness. And there's some beliefs that you might never succeed at certain challenges. So none of that's true. You know, I've heard, you know, either in school or somewhere, I can't remember, but there are people that, you know, might be diagnosed with schizophrenia and different, more acute diagnoses and with the right medication. And if they're, you know, complying with what they're supposed to be doing, going to treatment, talking to their therapist, taking their medications when their medications don't work, or if they need a upage or a lowerage, they tell their psychiatrist that so they medication can be correct. They can lead successful lives. They can be lawyers, judges, doctors, all those type of things. So just because you might have a mental diagnosis doesn't mean you can't be out here doing what you want to do. So Make sure you continue to cope with stigma and fight stigma and, and um, go against it. Go. Make sure you're getting treatment if you need to. Don't let the stigma create self-doubt and shame. Don't isolate yourself. Don't be your illness. You don't say I'm bipolar. Say I have bipolar disorder. Don't call yourself a schizophrenic. Say I have schizophrenia. So make sure you diagnose. I mean, make sure you clarify that. Join a support group. There's a lot of support groups out there for all type of different um, things. Get help at school if you're in school. And like I said, speak out about the stigma. Stigma. I think the most important thing to end the stigma is to continue making a discussion about it, making it more um, real for people to see and hear and understand. The more you talk about it with your family, the more you talk about it with your friends, your job, all of those things, People that don't know and maybe never heard of it or don't understand it can get a better understanding of it. And if you have a family member or a friend or a loved one or anything that is dealing with a mental health diagnosis and you don't understand, there are support groups out there. You can go to them, learn more. There's Google. You can Google it. You can ask to go to a therapy appointment with that person so you can understand more. There's different ways. There's books podcast like this one all type of things you can do to learn more about it so that you don't stay in that stigmatized mindset so you know like I said mental health has a stigma everywhere but in the african-american community it's very strong it's it's always been prevalent and I just want us to work to continue to end the stigma on mental health to make sure that we are more aware of what's going on so that we can be better for our friends and loved ones and family and all those things that might be dealing with that so Think about that, you know, look into it more. If you have any questions, reach out to me. I'm here for you. And until next time, peace out. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 24 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. 
There's a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's counselor network, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. Visit BetterHelp.com Ashley. That's Better. H-E-L-P.com slash A-S-H-E-L-E-I and join the over 500,000 people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. And a special offer for Happy Hour with Ashley listeners, you get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash Ashley. Thanks for tuning in to the episode today. Be sure to go follow me on all my social media handles. On Twitter, it's Happy Hour Ash, spelled with A-S-H-E. On Instagram, it's Happy Hour with Ashley. You can find me on Facebook at Therapy with Ashley. And my website's www.ashleyjohnsoncounseling.com. If you want to go ahead and be a supporter of me financially and this podcast to help us grow, go ahead and click the link under details or you can go to anchor.fm slash happy hour with Ashley slash support. That's anchor.fm slash happy hour with Ashley slash support. And don't forget to like, share, subscribe, Apple reviewers, write me a review and make sure you listen. Have a great day.